Welcome to another edition of the podcast series, Healing Wisdom, The People Behind the Healing, where you meet individuals who have embarked upon a personal healing journey and have made a difference in the world around them. I'm Valerie Smaldone, and today I'm speaking with John Stewart, one of the founders of the world-famous wellness resort, Kamalaya, in Thailand. John's path to owning an award-winning hotel property is long and varied and begins at an early start in his life when he was introduced to Asian philosophy at the age of 15. John, take me back to that time. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, when I, I moved to the United States, I'm originally from Canada, and when I arrived in California, I moved ahead in the school system rapidly, so I graduated uh, uh, at 16, actually. And uh, but my classmates were uh, it was the time of the Vietnam War and several of my classmates were heading off. So we had a big going away party and it was out in the forest in the Sierra Nevada mountains in California. And at that time I met um, an, an, an old Indian saint who walked out of the forest and started a conversation with me. And that conversation, I was with my family um, and I stepped off into the forest with him and we spoke until the sun rose the next morning and I ran away from home and went to India. So that conversation and that happenstance, that you happened to be there at that time, you happened to meet this person, that experience prompted you to take an enormous shift in your life at such a young age. A complete different shift. I, it took me several years to get to India. I actually arrived in India when I was 23. Um, uh, but I, I, left, I left home at that time. I started searching the spiritual avenues. I visited different teachers from different traditions. I became a vegetarian. I, I moved deeply into that path. Um, I also was a young man, so I ended up having a baby and lots of adventures. But everything I did stepped me in preparation for arrival in India. And then I met my teacher and I became a monk for 16 years. I have to stop you for a moment because I'm still stuck on the forest story, I have to say. <laughs> I mean, you were a young, a wee person at 15, 16 years old, you know, not fully formed in any way, and yet seemed very advanced for your years. Did you feel at that time, John, that you were even at that age searching at that moment? Um, I was searching from quite early when I was uh, 12 years old, I became, I got myself baptized all by myself. My, my family was not into that kind of thing. And um, I became a member of the Universal Life Church. I even became a, a registered father of the uh, a minister of the Universal Life Church. And I, so I was very much pursuing that kind of a goal. I came from a difficult background. So I think maybe I was seeking a way out or a way ahead. Mm -hmm. And Certainly in the beginning, it was a way out. And after I met my teacher, it became a way ahead. Well put, beautifully said. I, I'm always interested in how we are born and how we come into the world and what kind of personalities already have taken shape when we're very young. And so it seems that you were you know, placed on this earth for this very reason. Your path is long and varied. And you did land in India. What was the work there that really attracted you to this austere lifestyle that you embarked upon for so long? My, my teacher lived in a remote part of the Himalayas, not very high in the Himalayas, but in the Himalayas. And I had to walk, it was a 12 hours of travel from the airport and then a half a day's walk into the forest. And when I met him, 
after the initial very powerful introduction, he let me know that my happiness, true happiness, came from serving others. And he put me on a path for 16 years where I built schools and hospitals. I, you know, I lived in a cave on the side of a river. I carried rocks for seven years and I built gardens and temples and um, uh, accommodations and uh, learned the language, the rites, the rituals. But I was, uh, from the very first day, I was the village healer. Babaji made me the village healer and I was in charge of taking care of everyone's health. And that led to eventually my building schools and hospitals and realizing that happiness really truly does come from taking care of people. It's what you give to others. You said that it was a very powerful meeting. Explain. Well, I arrived, I, I had met this old man in the forest in California, and I had this longing to meet this teacher. I, I knew it wasn't that old man, but I didn't know who Babaji was exactly. Um, so it took years also to find out where he was. And when I walked up the riverbed, I had been coming all the way from the west, getting off the airplane, taking a bus out into the, to the beginning of the Himalayas, meeting somebody who showed me the road, walked into the Himalayas. And when I saw him, he was so beautiful. I had kind of convinced myself that I was on a fool's errand. But when I saw him, he was so beautiful. And I walked up and I, I didn't know the Indian custom. So I tried to shake his hand. And he kind of gently kind of hit me on the head. And I fell down. And he said... I told you to come. What took you so long? And the fact that this beautiful young saint connected me back to that moment when I ran away from home, to that evening, um, just I know, put me into an altered state of consciousness. And then he said to me, you're my very special guest. You will live in my cave and, uh, and you will take care of everybody here. And I can't believe that that happened. I stayed 16 years. <laughs> Um, it was very, very, very powerful, that moment. I realized, I think the best way to say it is that I realized in that moment that somebody saw me completely and they didn't judge me. I think that's the best way you can say the experience of being with somebody um, of true wisdom is that they can love you but not judge you. And I think we spend a lot of our lives judging ourselves, feeling guilty about ourselves, um, um, being self-torturing. So he put me on the path of self-love and generosity. That is a very powerful meeting. You were searching for your spiritual guide, and it sounds like he was searching for you at the same time. Uh, it, it feels like that very strongly. It's The connection is every bit as strong today, 45 years later, uh, as it was then. He's still here? No, he's no longer. He left his body in 1984. And then I, I moved on to take care and become the disciple of his, uh, his close disciple. And um, I, I developed small businesses. I, I became a, a, a sadhu. I, I did four years of sadhu. I did several years of, of business. I did many years of construction and building and projects and um, uh, and service and then I but at the same time I got up every morning at three in the morning I bathed in a river I ate one meal a day and I did um, I learned all the rites and rituals of a, of, a, of a kind of a Vedic you could say kind of a Vedic tradition 
And my teacher so very kindly sent me from time to time to Nepal to study with Tibetan Buddhist Rinpoche. So I had the wonderful good luck, the good fortune to learn both the Vedic tradition and the Buddhist tradition. So you were extremely schooled in all of these disciplines. As I'm listening to you, and I'm wondering as people are listening, you know, most of the world is steeped in a life that is ruled by materialism and commercialism and a certain path that is pretty much the same, you know? Uh, you, you go to school, you get a job, you have a career, you have a family, you have a house, you live in an apartment. But yours was extremely different. It, it, there was a complete divergence from that. What would you say to people who live the other kind of life? Why this experience, which seemed hard? I mean, it was very hard what you went through to learn, to experience. What is it about your path that you would say to somebody who lives a life of materialism, they, they would not understand. Why that path for you? I, I was called to a teacher who touched me so deeply that I never once thought about the why. Well, that's not true. I used to, in the night, sitting in the jungle, looking up at the stars, wondering why. How did, I, how did somebody pluck me up from Vancouver and drop me off in the Himalayas? Um, but I never questioned it in that in the way of um, uh, 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 opposition or doubt. And I think that I had the curiosity and the courage to do something very, very different and try to get in touch with the values that we gave up to have this wonderful material life that we have. And I mean, we have a wonderful. We're we're we're. A, we lived at a precious time in history when we, we have all been given so much, but our focus has been entirely on what's external to us, on what we do, what we achieve, who we know. And going into the, the ancient philosophies of not just Asia, but the whole world, um, is really about what you achieve through an inner journey. And so I think the gift was to find the balance between these two because I also did business and it was quite successful. I made the money to build schools and hospitals and, and uh, eventually to create Kamalaya. So um, I'm still trying to understand the full extent of what he had in mind for me. I feel like I'm still a beginner. I'm still curious. I still get up and sing my songs every morning and do all my practices. You know, you said you, you did well in, in the material world. You, you had business. You had commerce. And the balance is the, the point, right? That's the difficult part. That's hard to be able to live a life of depth and spirituality and also sort of navigate commerce and materialism. Do you have any thoughts about how we can successfully integrate these two areas of our lives? It's not hard. It's about making better choices. We are enticed. The political system, the government systems that we have, the commerce systems that we have, entice us to feed one side of ourselves. And that's easy and it's pleasurable. Um, but it doesn't fulfill us. We only tell ourselves that we're fulfilled. So um, when you 
eat better, when you take time to pause, when you listen to your heartbeats, um, when you care for other people and see the profound difference it makes in their lives. Um, um, that gives you the courage to make better choices so that you can find that balance. Amazing thoughts, John, and so happy to share this time with you on this Healing Wisdom podcast. And as we talk about all of this, I'd love your thoughts about the world coming to this screeching halt in the last year, how the pandemic mm -hmm. has perhaps actually helped society to look deeper and take the pause. So do you believe this has been, despite the, the destruction and the trauma and the loss it initiated, in some way a beneficial time? Um, one of the things that we've certainly learned from this profound trauma that we're going through is that people realize how important it is to take care of themselves. Um, on the one hand, we have increased ob obesity and more, more uh, loneliness and depression and other things. But on the other hand, never have so many people at, at this time in history been aware of their health, uh, gotten into physical activity, um, chose to eat well and, and, and improve their immune systems, etc. So we, even though people aren't traveling and our business obviously is very slow at the moment, um, uh, if you really look deep and hard, I think, yes, this is a very, very big wake-up call. I think people have to ask themselves, and I think people are asking themselves what's truly important in life. And I believe because of that, um, uh, wellness, mindfulness, um, perhaps even some spirituality, these kinds of things are going to uh, have more and more of an awakening because of this experience that we're going through. I hope so, and it feels so. Yeah, I mean, it's such a, a huge shift. A whole tectonic plate has just moved um, the entire world forward in, in a completely different experience than we had expected. But what a fascinating time. You know, just such a fascinating time to be here and to be experiencing all of this together. I started by saying that you founded one of the world's most respected wellness resorts. And I'd love to know when you conceived of Kamalaya, um, which is this spectacular property in Thailand, what philosophy did you want to build the resort upon? Well, let me say this. Uh, my teacher, before he passed away, told me, um, he said, I teach you through experience, and I, sh I show you how to create miracles by focusing your energy. So one day, you have to get married and go and build something yourself. That was how you would test yourself and know what, what you had learned here. So that has obviously led me to the journey of Kamalaya. And I, I met my wife in India, which she was studying at Princeton University, and she's a doctor of Chinese medicine. And when I did leave India, I found her. Uh, I had written letters to her for 11 years. And we decided to, I asked her if she would consider marrying me and take her knowledge of health and wellness and our knowledge of Asian traditions and create a different way for people to have a holiday. And that's how Kamalaya, that's the birth of Kamalaya. And the philosophy that we follow is the philosophy to make a difference in this life, to make the world a better place, one person at a time. Um, and Karina, my wife, 
developed all of our wellness programs based on the her knowledge of the five element theory of Chinese medicine. But while also we in what we did was we translated the ancient traditions of Asia, both Vedic, Buddhist, and Taoist, because my wife's a doctor of Chinese medicine, and we took the the best, what we felt was the best of these traditions, and translated it into a, a contemporary language and put it in an extraordinary setting. And we transformed people's lives. People transformed their own lives one at a time. Um, I think our philosophy is, to, is for people to feel their potential, feel life's potential, and to embrace change. Um, and We've been very lucky and very blessed to be renowned and to have a, an incredible loyal following. And even during this crisis, when the whole world closed and uh, Thailand has been closed, as you know, um, for 13 months now. Um, uh, but we have developed a market with the local expats, with uh, some of the big international uh, NGOs that are stationed here um, and with the Thai people in an extraordinary way. And we had a 45% return rate of our guests, half of them coming more than 10 times when we had mostly international guests. And now in a year we have over 67% return rate with our local business. It's really quite extraordinary. We, we found a way to be inspired to touch people and it works. And we just wake up and we're grateful every day. I get up every morning and I, I, I go to Kamalaya every morning at 6 o'clock in the morning and welcome the, day, the sunrise and the day. And then we take care of people. You say that people transform their lives. You help them transform their lives at Kamalaya. This sounds like a very simplistic question, so please forgive me when I ask this. But what, what steps in an overall way, do people need to follow to start that transformation if they truly have no idea how to begin? Well, we feel that when you slow people down, that's really the key. We slow people down and we nourish them in a way that they feel safe. And, and then people, when they take the time, most of our guests stay with us for a week or longer. Um, and then when they take that time, um, they start to have an inward journey. There's, there's no prescribed inward journey here. It just happens because people, they relax in a deeper way. And every single thing that we do at Kamalaya supports the ability to feel safe, to feel nourished, and to allow yourself to be present to um, the nature. I mean, we're, we're, we're on the ocean. We're in a forest on the ocean with running water everywhere in a tropical garden on a very big property. <laughs> and uh, 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 we have captains of industry, entertainment leaders, politicians, school teachers. We have the whole, the whole broad spectrum of life um, coming again and again and again and feeling it's a, it's a touchstone place to reconnect with yourself. Because once we're back out in the world, we start to disconnect by doing everything outside. And, and that's important and necessary. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just we encourage people to have a little bit of balance as well. Bring balance into your life. Yes, indeed. Well, we are going to wrap up this 
lovely conversation with some rapid questions. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. this is our five-question part. And oh, okay. uh, it, the answers are meant to be brief. Not long, but brief, okay? Sure. All right, so number one, what's your morning ritual, John? Um, I, get, I get up at uh, 5 o'clock every morning, just before 5. I, I take a bath. I I light candles and incense at, uh, at my little temple. And then I do pranayama, and then I sing Sanskrit prayers for about an hour and a half. Okay, two. Every day. <laughs> what food can't you do without? What food can't I do without? Um, I'm a flexitarian. I like almost all food. Uh, fresh food. Can't do without fresh food. <laughs> okay. Now, this is a choice. This is going to be tough. Yoga or meditation? Meditation. What's your favorite quote? Feel life's potential. And finally, John, what does healing mean to you? I have a long personal experience with healing because I also suffered um, a life-threatening illness for most of my life. Healing really, truly means having, having a balance of your, with your inner and your outer life and making better choices. I'd love to end this conversation with a look back on your beautiful experience in this, on this earth. And when John Stewart was a young boy in Canada, now in Kamalaya, what would you say to young John Stewart in, in Vancouver about what awaits him in his life? Have courage. And don't be afraid. Step into it. Move into life. Move into life. Life is always there to support you. Move into life. Thank you, John Stewart. Thank you, Valerie. This is the Healing Wisdom Podcast, a production of Just Breathe Magazine and Healing Hotels of the World. I'm Valerie Smaldone.